Well, I'm Dan Smigrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Thursday, August 6th, 2020, and you're watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. Our guest, our, our topic today, Matterport Service Partners, Class Action Lawsuit Against Matterport. And our guest today, my guest is one of the plaintiffs shared co-counsel Tom Zimmerman, with Zimmerman Law Offices PC in Chicago. Hi, Tom, good to see you. Hi, Dan, good to be here. Uh, thanks for being on the show today. I, I, I think for our viewers today, I, I think part of the takeaway that I'd like to, to have them experience is why did two Matterport service partners, MSPs, file class action lawsuits against Matterport? What do they say Matterport promised and failed to deliver what do they hope to gain as a result of their lawsuits? And what was the Illinois lawsuit and why was that dismissed in favor of refiling as a class action lawsuit? Uh, Tom, how about taking us back to the beginning and just give us a little bit of an overview? Sure, so a gentleman named George Kenner filed a suit in California uh, back in July of last year and he sued on behalf of a class of California uh, MSPs uh, against Matterport. Uh, we then uh, filed in Illinois uh, with John Stemmelin as the plaintiff uh, on behalf of a class of Illinois MSPs. And that was uh, in December of last year. Um, Matterport then moved to dismiss the Illinois case and in their papers they argued that there were uh, various contracts, terms and conditions uh, that govern the uh, MSPs and their relationship with Matterport. And those contracts required uh, any lawsuits to be brought in California court. Uh, that's called a forum selection clause. Uh, and so we agree. Uh, so we voluntarily dismissed the uh, Illinois lawsuit and filed it uh, in California federal court, uh, still as a class action. But uh, this time we expanded the scope of the class to be a nationwide class action for all MSPs throughout the country uh, in excluding California. Uh, and the reason is there was already the uh, Kenner complaint that sought to represent a California class of MSPs and we didn't want any overlap with that. So uh, we filed against Matterport and uh, several of the directors individually. They're also named defendants. Um, and, and that brings us to where we are now. Uh, terrific, thanks for the overview. Uh, uh, tell me about, uh, uh, so there's, there's two different complaints. Um, perhaps we've, we start with the one that you originated in, in Illinois. Um, what is it that, that the plaintiff, your client, is uh, alleging that Matterport uh, uh, violated. Right, so uh, the attorneys in the law firms are uh, co-counsel now in both cases. Uh, I'm counsel for George Kenner now in the California case and his uh, lawyers are uh, co-counsel uh, with me in the, the newly filed uh, Stemelin complaint uh, in California federal court. Uh, both complaints allege generally uh, the same allegations uh, as pertaining to alleged uh, misrepresentations and omissions uh, by Matterport and its uh, agents and employees. Uh, generally, the complaints allege that um, Matterport had promised that MSPs would receive pre-qualified filtered leads 
for their local geographic area. And uh, they would get so many of these that it would pay for the initial investment in the hardware, um, building the website and all the other things an MSP had to do, um, such that it, they would recoup their initial investment uh, relatively quickly. Um, the problem with that, uh, that Mr. Kenner and Mr. Stemmelin have experienced and uh, that we've heard from others, uh, and as is alleged in the complaint, is that uh, Matterport would uh, saturate the local geographic area uh, with MSPs and they would be competing over the same leads. So it was very difficult for an MSP uh, to get the business, uh, number one. Number two, if they were able to get some business, uh, essentially they were competing with fellow MSPs uh, in their same geographic area. Uh, and, and that was something that uh, was not disclosed to them that this would be occurring. Uh, and so that's one of the uh, misrepresentations or omissions that are alleged in the complaint. Uh, additionally, uh, their experience was that Matterport um, had represented that scanning was easy, that uh, it was easy for anybody to get started quickly, um, that Matterport would provide the MSPs with training uh, and resources. Um, but in reality, the, um, the plaintiffs in these cases found that there were very large upfront costs, uh, purchasing of the camera, of tripods, of uh, ancillary, you know, iPad or computer, uh, setting up a website, all the insurance that went along with it. Um, there were a lot of upfront costs and it took a long time to learn how to use the equipment. Um, and in their experience, Matterport provided uh, very little training such that uh, they and, and other MSPs were relegated to um, actually serving as a peer-to-peer -peer technical support team for each other uh, because they weren't able to get the uh, initial technical support that they were promised. And so they looked to each other, who other MSPs who were in the same situation and essentially um, self-taught each other. Uh, and, and that is alleged in the complaint. So, so what of, this, of the examples that you've provided, um, what laws would, would these violate that you've, that you, uh, that you've uh, stated in the uh, complaints? So <clears throat> currently there's the California unfair competition law uh, and the California false advertising law. Those are, those are statutes. Um, those laws would apply um, because there is a choice of law provision in the uh, Matterport Terms and Service uh, that states not only uh, do California courts uh, have jurisdiction to hear legal matters, but that California law would apply. So uh, these California statutes would apply not only to the California class, uh, but also nationwide, uh, because all of the uh, MSPs are subject to the terms and conditions uh, of those uh, agreements, uh, and so is Matterport. And so therefore, the California statutes would apply regardless of what state you're in. And they're, they're generally uh, statutes that prohibit unfair conduct, um, fraudulent conduct, uh, misrepresentations, um, omissions. So uh, things that uh, somebody should tell you, but failed to tell you. Uh, and had you known of it, it would have uh, 
made a material difference in your decision making. Um, all of these are encompassed within those statutes. And that would apply to uh, those examples that I gave you. Uh, there are other examples uh, in the complaint. One of the uh, uh, other allegations is that the cameras save the images in a format that's unreadable unless the, um, the purchaser also subscribes to the Matterport cloud service plan and pays a monthly fee. Um, if they were to drop that plan and no longer subscribe to the cloud service plan, then they lose access to their images and the models that they've created. And Matterport would, would retain them and, and still have access to them, but the, the MSP who developed it uh, would lose access. Uh, and the plaintiffs allege in the complaints that that was not uh, made clear to them um, that if they were to leave or if they were to um, not participate in that particular plan, uh, essentially they would lose access to everything and all the work that they've done. And there's another issue um, that is somewhat recent, and that is that uh, Matterport is setting up um, a new program, the Capture Services Program. Um, essentially, the allegation is that Matterport is competing with its own MSPs. And if an MSP were to um, be fortunate enough to be accepted into the capture service program, um, they would have to be subject to a um, non-solicitation clause in the captured technician contract um, that prevents them from um, servicing existing customers directly um, and for a period of, I believe it's 24 months after that contract terminates. So the plaintiffs and, and, and others that we've talked to feel that uh, they were deceived uh, when they uh, enrolled in the MSP program uh, for these reasons and, and, and there are others alleged in the complaint. Um, and those would, would tie into the, um, the two consumer fraud statutes that I mentioned, the two California statutes. Um, there's another aspect to the case and that is a multi-state uh, aspect for uh, 21 states not including California. If you add in California, it's 22. And they have disclosure requirements. So when a company sells a, a, a business opportunity, and we allege that uh, the MSP program falls under that definition of a, a business opportunity, that there are uh, certain statutes that govern that. Uh, and those statutes uh, require disclosures. They require written contracts be provided by the company to the prospective purchaser ahead of time, uh, that the purchaser be given some time to review those agreements, and that the purchaser also be provided with written disclosures uh, that they could then consider in determining whether they want to enter into this business opportunity. And some of these disclosures require, and, and I could just read off of this, um, names and addresses of the salespersons who will engage in the offer or sale of this business opportunity within their state. Prior business experience of the seller relating to business opportunities and a description of their experience for the last 10 years, a listing of educational and professional backgrounds for the seller, whether they've been convicted of a 
a felony uh, or been subject to any criminal or civil or administrative proceedings alleging a violation of any business law, whether they've been bankrupt within the last seven years, the initial payment that's required, a description of the actual services the seller agrees to perform for the purchaser, a description of any training the seller agrees to provide, any representations by the seller to the purchaser concerning sales or earnings that may be made from the business opportunity, a copy of the most recent audited financial statement of the seller that was prepared within the last year, a list of states where the business opportunity is registered. Excuse me, Tom. So for, for context, I think what we're, what we're talking about is both complaints include uh, uh, at the highest level a violation of, of the seller-assisted marketing plan laws. And, and that's what's in the, the 22 states. That's correct. The 22 states specify seller-assisted marketing plan laws uh, have been uh, allegedly violated. Why, why do both plaintiffs feel that way? Is there, is there uh, perhaps you could read maybe a little bit from the complaint uh, about uh, the promises they felt were made regarding being able to recoup costs within six months? So with respect to these um, uh, seller-assisted marketing plan or business opportunity sales laws, uh, they require generally, uh, in, 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 in each state varies slightly, uh, that the, the seller, in this case Matterport, would, would have to register their uh, business opportunity, in this case the MSP program, they'd have to register that with the state. And they would have to provide the state with the disclosures, the disclosure document that they're gonna be providing uh, to these uh, prospective purchasers. Uh, we issued Freedom of Information Act requests to all of those states. And uh, in every instance, it came back that uh, no such registration was on file. Uh, there, so in other words, the state was telling us Matterport had not complied with the, uh, the requirement that they register the MSP program and that they provide the uh, copy of the disclosure form. The statutes are very uh, explicit uh, in their intent, and that is to protect the public from people selling these seller-assisted marketing plans. <clears throat> it's, it's to protect the public, uh, to provide them with information so that they can make a determination as to whether other representations that are being made, either on the seller's website or uh, over the phone, if they're talking to a, a representative of the seller and they're making representations to them over the phone, they'll have the written disclosure document where they can verify uh, whether those representations are true or whether there are um, other things in the disclosure that the seller is not putting on their website and not telling them uh, over the phone. Do you think regarding uh, both complaints uh, where there's alleged violations of seller assisted marketing plan laws uh, where you've determined that Matterport did not file uh, in those 22 states seller assisted marketing plan registrations, whatever that might be, do you think Matterport would argue, no, no, we, we, we were not doing a seller-assisted marketing plan. We were simply selling a camera, a cloud platform, and photographers were, were free to, uh, you know, pay for a camera, pay for a cloud plan, and go out and market. And, and, we, and that Matterport did not make any uh, claims that, uh, that would be construed as a seller-assisted marketing plan. Well, they would have no choice but to argue that. Um, if, if they did not comply with those laws, then their only defense would be, 
the laws did not apply to them. Uh, and so that'll be a legal determination uh, that'll be made either by the judge or the jury. Uh, and there are a number of factors set forth uh, in these statutes uh, that you would look and see, all right, did you, does, your, does your MSP program uh, make this promise? Does it meet this factor? Uh, and, and you would tick them off one by one and uh, there would be a determination made uh, as to uh, whether or not they, they did fall within the definition uh, of the seller assisted marketing plan or business opportunity sales law uh, for each particular state. Mm -hmm. We believe they did. Uh, I'd like to just share my screen for a moment and go take a look at, at one of the complaints. This is, <clears throat> this is John Stemlin's uh, com complaint. Um, if I, if I go here on page five, uh, it says that Matterport's website, formerly located at this particular website address, stated your business, your way, uh, quote, be your own boss, set your own hours, and earn what you want for only $4,100 in upfront investment and minimal training you'll be on your way to a lucrative self-owned business. Uh, is, is that the example that you feel applies, um, <clears throat> excuse me, to, the, to this uh, seller-assisted marketing plan law? Is that an example? It, it is. Um, and and the, the, the statutes uh, are very specific and uh, what they require uh, in order to fall within the definition of a business opportunity. Uh, and, and so there, there are a number of examples throughout the complaint, that's one of them, uh, as to uh, what factors would be satisfied under the particular statute um, that, in our opinion, the um, MSP program would then qualify uh, as a, a business opportunity uh, under the definition and the statute. Uh, my challenge when I went to, to look at that uh, Matterport URL, it's not there anymore. Do you have copies of these documents? We do, yes. Yeah, and we, uh, we research thoroughly um, factual allegations uh, before alleging them in a complaint. And if we're citing to a document, um, we've seen the document. If it's a, a web address, we'll uh, take screenshots of the web address. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back, if I, if I may just go back to the document, because there's another, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, this would be on page... I guess it's the uh, page two, and I'm just searching on the word months. I think I'm in the right place. Um, Matterport inside sales representatives falsely represented to potential buyers that MSPs receive marketing materials and filtered leads in their geographic three to 30 mile location that would pay for the initial investment in the Matterport 3D camera uh, in six months. Um, so that's an example of a document that you have from Matterport that um, you, you feel directly addresses this seller-assisted marketing plan laws that Matterport uh, has allegedly violated by not filing uh, that they are, in fact, a seller-assisted marketing plan company. Is that the way to say that? So if we don't cite to a document, then it's not based on a document. This particular allegation is uh, based on the experience of the plaintiffs uh, who were told this uh, from the representative. Okay. So is this a he said, she said kind of conversation? Well, I presume 
uh, based on my experience litigating for over 20 years in, in commercial class action litigation, uh, they will have a script. Uh, sales representatives have scripts that they read off of. And if uh, the two plaintiffs uh, heard the same thing on different phone calls from different sales representatives, then we're pretty sure that through discovery in this case, uh, we'll be able to obtain all of the scripts that they were reading off of. Uh, and at that point, we'll have a document uh, that will show that this was a standard script uh, and standard uh, representations that were uh, being made to everybody. That's why we allege in the complaint on information and belief, these same representations were part of a standard script that was communicated by Matterport. Um, it, it's for that reason. Mm -hmm. uh, go, going back to the Matterport Capture Service Program, uh, that's uh, something relatively new this year, did not exist at the time uh, that either photographer uh, bought the camera. Uh, things change? Things, we, we don't know when these things change or what their intent was. Um, I know that uh, there was a, uh, a prior uh, interview on your show uh, with a, a Matterport representative talking about insurance companies and how they had um, things planned. Uh, it sounds like they were referring to this uh, capture services program, but it's hard to, hard to know for sure. Mm -hmm. We don't know uh, how long ago they had this Matterport capture services program planned and how long it was in development. Uh, it didn't just happen, you know, overnight. Uh, and any of the MSPs, the, the service partners who uh, became service partners uh, after Matterport was developing this capture services program, um, certainly would want to know about that and, and would want to know why didn't Matterport tell them when they were uh, contemplating becoming an MSP and spending the money and, and all the initial investment um, that at some point in the future, uh, things were going to change and the opportunities were not going to be there uh, for them like they had thought because they were developing this new program uh, and other people would be getting those leads in that business. Um, I would certainly want to know that. Um, could you speak a little bit more? It's addressed in, in, your, um, in your filings of what is it about the Matterport Capture Service Program is competitive to Matterport service providers? So I don't have a, a full understanding of all of the aspects of the capture services program. It's relatively new. Um, it came out this year, I believe. And so we're, we're still investigating uh, all of the aspects of it. Um, my understanding is that if you um, want a, uh, a particular job um, that you and it, and it falls within you know this this program and, and whatever the requirements are for the program um, that that would be farmed out to these capture technicians uh, it's a, a different group of folks and the capture technicians would get that work uh, an MSP would not get that work. And so uh, if you, uh, if an MSP wanted to become a capture technician, 
uh, and I believe it's discretionary on the part of Matterport to decide whether to accept you into that or not, um, then they would not be able to service their existing customers directly anymore. They couldn't go to them because there is a non-solicitation uh, clause in this agreement. So we have just some sketchy information about it. Um, we don't uh, know uh, specifically all of the terms. Uh, it, it was not announced at the time we filed our complaint, so we don't have any allegations about this particular program in the complaint, um, but it's something that we're looking into. So uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but at a, at a top level, I, I, I believe what the, the plaintiffs are uh, alleging is that, hey, buy a camera, get a cloud platform, you'll start a business, uh, we'll send you leads, we're gonna help you succeed. Uh, and then all of a sudden Matterport comes out with the Matterport Capture Services Program and says, uh, hey, large companies, if you need scanning done across America, place one order uh, at one price uh, and we'll service that to make it easy for you to place an order and we'll go to the Matterport Capture technicians to fulfill those Matterport scans. And so I I think just to kind of tie it together, you, you your complaint would be, hey, you're 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 telling us we're you're setting us up in business here, um, but yet you're competing with us. Well, that's the way it appears to be from what little we know about this new program. Uh, it, it appears to be that uh, th these big customer leads. Uh, are, are not going to the MSPs. The MSPs are getting bypassed uh, and, and Matterport is handling those in, in a different way. Um, so it may so, be two things. One is the photographer is not getting the lead and two, it's actually going to someone who is, has agreed to be paid at whatever rate Matterport determines uh, for that business, which may or may not be uh, your plaintiff. So they, they bought a camera, they're, they're out scanning, and then all of a sudden Matterport may be competing with them for the same client? It, it, it appears that's what's happening, but we don't have all of the facts yet uh, to, to make any allegations or anything uh, definitive uh, with respect to any statements or, or allegations in a complaint on that at this point without further discovery. It's still too new of a program um, that I, I don't, don't wanna comment on that at this point. Okay, so uh, going back to the, the two other uh, alleged violations in the complaint, uh, unfair competition law, false advertising law, was there, was there anything else in terms of what you felt was unfair competition? I, I, I again, I presume the capture services program might be considered unfair competition. Was there yet something else that might be considered unfair competition? No, I think we've generally covered it. Covered it. So saturation of selling more cameras into a market than perhaps there are opportunities. That's certainly part of it. Yes. Okay. All right. So um, I, I know that, that that piece that we read or I read from the complaint talked about a $4,100 camera, but I, I noticed in the complaint that the, uh, the, 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 uh, your client, the plaintiff, uh, John Stemmelin from Illinois, uh, talks about an investment that exceeded $22,000. Um, that was uh, with two Matterport cameras, presuming some other uh, related gear, et cetera. And that if we did the math on the 230 members in the class that were, um, I guess, identified, that that comes out to more than $5 million uh, in, um, is, is that $5 million what you're seeking? So there, there is, a, I, I, I don't know, I, I haven't got my calculator in front of me, but um, there are a number of remedies 
that are available under the different statutes. Uh, one of them is, is contract rescission. So if an MSP uh, feels that uh, they were deceived uh, and they don't want to be part of the program anymore, they can cancel their contract uh, and not be bound to the terms. Um, we would we would seek under the, the statutes the various remedies that are provided. One of which is um, uh, they would get a refund of all the money that they paid. I mean, they could return the camera, get their money back. Uh, any actual damages that they've sustained uh, with respect to um, host, uh, website hosting, insurance, um, the tripod, any other ancillary products or services uh, that they purchased, uh, they would uh, be entitled to uh, recover that. And some of the statutes provide for um, penalties. So uh, some percentage an additional 10%, uh, some provide for uh, treble damages. So the, uh, the MSP, uh, let's say they're, they're out $20,000, um, the, the uh, court would triple that and they would get uh, three times their damages in order to uh, uh, punish Matterport and to deter other companies from engaging in similar conduct, if that's what the court found to have occurred in this case. So in, in the case, uh, uh, it's helpful for me just to visualize one person in this conversation. So if we talk about John Stemlin and, and his investment was $22,000, as, as he's calculated it for two Matterport cameras, presumably there's some iPads, tripods, uh, related gear, uh, his cloud, Matterport cloud hosting, maybe ordered floor plans. Somehow he got to a number of 20, 22,000. If the, if the court found in his favor, then uh, he might get to be able in the, in the uh, contract rescission, the ability to send all that stuff back to Matterport and maybe get interest on top of that and maybe get triple damages awarded. So that 22,000 turns into 66,000 or more? Correct. And Under that, that example. And that would be per person, but each the damages might be different for each person based on how they've calculated what their investment was. That's correct. I mean, there's, you know, the monthly fee that's paid to Matterport, mm -hmm. um, cloud service, uh, that would be part of it as well. So it, it, it all adds up. It's just not the investment in the hardware, but it's ongoing monthly expenses for website hosting for, for mm -hmm. your, your cloud service plan hosting and, and, and all of that, that would be included in each, each service partner's damages that they would seek in a, in a case like this. Okay, I, I was reading through both complaints trying to understand, well, okay, what, you know, what, what, might, what might somebody receive back? So I, I, uh, damages, I think we've talked about, contract rescission, we've talked about uh, injunctive relief, what would that be? Well, initially, when we filed the complaint, um, we were seeking injunctive relief to uh, force Matterport to comply with the uh, disclosure, the registration and disclosure requirements of the 22 states that have the business opportunity sales laws uh, and prohibit uh, Matterport from um, further offering the uh, MSP program to new prospective purchasers uh, until they did so in compliance with those particular disclosure and, and registration laws. Mm -hmm. Perhaps that's why Matterport has ceased to offer new enrollments into the Matterport service, Matterport service partner program. So some of us have wondered, well, gee, I wonder why that stopped. Uh, so that might be as a result of your filing. 
I suspect it is. Um, that's a, a relatively uh, recent occurrence, as I understand it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I believe it started after uh, the suits were filed uh, okay. last year. Uh, declare de uh, declare declarative relief. Declaratory. Declaratory. Thank you. What is what is declaratory relief? Uh, the court can make a declaration of the rights of parties. So uh, we would ask the court to make a declaration that the uh, the MSP program is in fact a business opportunity uh, or a seller assisted marketing plan uh, such that uh, it falls within uh, the ambit of those uh, 22 states laws. And why is that helpful to you? Well, you would get uh, a legal determination that this plan in fact uh, falls within the definition of those laws and therefore uh, those laws applied uh, to the MSP program. Uh, and then we would see whether or not they complied with the registration and disclosure requirements. Uh, up to this point, from our uh, Freedom of Information Act requests to each of the states, um, we have not seen any registration uh, or any disclosures uh, by Matterport uh, that were filed with uh, those 22 states. And so uh, at least up to this point, it appears that uh, they did not uh, comply with uh, any of those requirements of those laws. If, if that turns out to be the case after discovery um, and you have a declaration from the court that uh, the MSP program was subject to the registration and disclosure requirements, um, then you would have a violation of the law. And then have damages based on that. Then the remedies, then, then all the MSPs in those particular states uh, would have the remedies available to them uh, okay. in, in, in the multi-state class. Uh, uh, could you could you list the twenty one states for us? I'm I'm a Matterport service partner. I'm watching today's show. I I hear that that there's twenty two states that this applies to. California being one of them, but there's twenty one other U United States, and I could imagine some of our viewers are scratching their head, wondering, does this apply to them? Yeah, sure. Alaska, Connecticut. Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Texas, Virginia, Washington, and Washington, D.C., and then, of course, California. Great. So if, if I'm in one of those other states, do the two of the three violations apply? The unfair competition law and the false advertising law? Uh, they would. Uh, and moreover, uh, because there is the California choice of law provision uh, in the, the various terms of service and, and other uh, cloud service agreement, for example, Matterport terms of service, that choice of law provision um, is in, as, as, as we understand it, every contract with an MSP, regardless of what state you're in, it says California law applies. So in addition to the business opportunity sales laws from these 22 states, there would be the, the two California statutes that would apply to all 50 states. Now I'm totally confused. I was thinking, oh, I didn't hear my state listed out of the 22 states in the United States. Uh, am I 
eligible as a class member if I am in any one of the remaining states based on yeah. what you just described? Yes, yes, they are. It, there, you can bring different causes of action um, for the same alleged misconduct. Somebody might uh, uh, engage in misconduct and that would constitute a violation of uh, one particular statute. It might also constitute a violation of another statute. It might also constitute a breach of contract. It might constitute um, uh, negligence. There, there are several different legal theories that can be brought for the same alleged misconduct. And so that's what's happening here. Uh, you have a set of facts that are alleged in the complaint, uh, a set of misrepresentations and omissions and other conduct that's alleged in the complaint. And based on those uh, allegations, you have various statutes that are alleged to be violated. So uh, the, the two California statutes uh, prohibit certain misconduct. And because there is this choice of law provision in the contract that says California law applies, whether you're in one of the 22 states that have another statute that applies too, or if you're not in one of those 22 states, you're in some other state, the two California statutes would apply to you regardless of what state you're in. Okay. I'm a Matterport service partner. I'm watching today's show. Am I just waiting to see what the resolution of this of these two class actions are? Am I, uh, am I calling you, emailing you? Am I expressing interest in? How do I be part of, learn more? Uh, help, help me understand, uh, if, as a Matterport service partner who's watching the show today, what should their takeaway be from today's show? So we're happy to hear from anybody. Uh, we've, we've talked to a number of of uh, MSPs uh, and other folks uh, with knowledge, and uh, uh, we're, we're happy to, to talk to anybody. We're happy to um, and, and keep you informed of the case. Uh, if you're interested in participating uh, in one of the cases, um, that's uh, available to you as well, and. You, we'll send you whatever documents you know we, we can. Some things are confidential, but anything that's uh, public, uh, we can certainly send to you. Um, you can go to uh, my website, which is attorney zim, uh, attorneyzim.com. Um, you could send me an email. It's tom at attorneyzim.com, um, could call our office, 312-440-0020. Any of those things, you'll be able to reach us. Our website has a contact form on it. You could submit a contact form and we'll, we'll get right back to you. I'm, I'm gonna repeat your website uh, again, www.attorney zim.com a-t-t-o-r-n-e-y z is in zebra i is in igloo m is in mary the first three letters of your last name that's dot com so uh, uh, attorney zim.com um I, I noticed on one of the complaints that uh it's the 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 suit the complaint is not just matterport it's the board it's the board of director members are named individually why is that the um the specific uh, business opportunity sales laws in, in the, in the multi-state uh, aspect of it for those 21 states provide that not only is the company liable for damages, but that the individual directors are all individually 
personally liable as well. And so um, under those uh, causes of action and, and that particular theory of the case, uh, we name them as defendants uh, because the statutes allow for that. Only one complaint has the board of director members though. Right, the, um, the John Stemelin nationwide complaint uh, that we filed uh, in the federal court in California for all of the states except for California, uh, that has them named as defendants because that's the complaint that has the, um, those 21 different uh, business opportunity sales laws uh, in that complaint. I see. And uh, I'm thinking about, I'm a, I'm a real estate photographer. I'm thinking about buying a Matterport Pro 2 3D camera, uh, scratching my head. What should be my takeaway from watching today's show? Well, I, I, I think you ought to um, be very careful in your decision making. Um, ho hopefully uh, you understand what you're getting into, um, what's being promised, and what some of the um, potential ramifications will be to you uh, and your you know, new business that you want to start uh, with this new program that Matterport has recently introduced and how that's going to affect you and, and any uh, business that you uh, hope to get and any leads that you were expecting to get that maybe you're not going to get because they're going to go to somebody else. So um, that's the reason why uh, these states require uh, these onerous disclosures, setting forth um, all of the information that you would need in order to make an informed business decision. And we're happy to, uh, to talk to you and uh, let you know what uh, the experience is of the two plaintiffs in this case and some of the other uh, MSPs who have contacted us. Um, you can talk to them if you like too uh, and hear it from them firsthand and, uh, and, and see if you think that it's the right fit for you uh, once you get a different perspective from somebody who's uh, actually living through it. Um, both suits ask for a jury trial. Why is that? Well, we always ask for a jury trial. Um, everybody's entitled to a jury. And in my experience, um, trying a lot of cases uh, to a lot of juries, um, they usually get it right. And we think it's important that when you have uh, 12 ordinary citizens who are hearing um, the facts that come out at a trial and the testimony of all the witnesses, including Matterport witnesses and hearing their defense, um, we, we believe that uh, it's important for them to decide what is right what is just, uh, what kind of society uh, do we have? These, these statutes are there to protect members of the public uh, so that they are not taken advantage of. And uh, most people uh, understand some things happen and, and it's really nobody's fault, it's just unfortunate. Uh, and if that's the case, then that's the case. But people also understand and, and have uh, in many times personally experienced uh, that there is unfairness that occurs as well. And that there are companies who do take advantage of people. Uh, and, and so it's, it's important to have people with their own experiences sitting there taking it all in and making their own independent judgment based on their life experiences uh, as to whether uh, this was something that was unfair 
uh, and, and if it was, um, the, the measure of, of compensation that should be awarded to the MSPs uh, in order to uh, right the wrong and make them whole uh, and put them back into a position uh, that they should have been in in the first place. To remain eligible as a member of the class, assuming at some point you win, we get a letter that says, hey, the suit has happened. Do you want to be, do you want to participate in whatever the judgment is? Uh, does, does a Matterport service provider still need to hold on to their camera? Do they need to keep their cloud account active? Or as soon as they dis, uh, cancel their account or return their camera or both, they're no longer eligible? Uh, no, they're, they're still eligible. Um, it, it depends on the, the, the type of relief that would be afforded. Uh, many of these statutes uh, provide that if you're going to rescind the contract, you know, cancel, you have the ability to cancel your contract, that you would have to return the camera and then you would get your refund for what you paid. If you don't have your camera, then um, you know, there, there may be other issues that you'll have to face because of that. But uh, I, I would save everything. I would save all emails. I would save all receipts, um, anything that was purchased, if you can, I would save it um, just as uh, Matterport is required to save everything now that they've been sued. Like these scripts that we think exist uh, should not be destroyed um, because in, in the course of the litigation, uh, we will ask for documents and they will ask for documents uh, and other information. So the more that you have to justify your claim, uh, the better it is. And if you have emails that where you've communicated or, or other writings uh, with people from Matterport, uh, where you believe that uh, they were making uh, statements that ultimately turned out to be untrue, um, or they made uh, statements and, and you think, you know what, I, I sure wish I would have known this other thing, but you never told me that in this email here. And so that would be an omission. You should save all those. That's all very important. And even if you're not planning on uh, participating in, in the lawsuit as a plaintiff, if you believe that uh, there was misconduct committed and you would like to help uh, your fellow MSPs and, 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 and trying to obtain some justice and, and set things right, uh, we would be happy to talk to you and, and, and take a look at that. Uh, Tom, in our, our last two minutes here, uh, today is Thursday, August 6, 2020. What's a likely timeline if this goes all the way to the end to a jury trial? Is this two years away? Is it three years away? Uh, we're, we're probably looking at um, a year or two. Um, we're still in the initial stages uh, of the litigation. In the, uh, the Kenner complaint, that's the California only case, um, that's a little bit farther along because it was filed uh, earlier. Uh, and, and so we, you know, we'll, we'll be conducting discovery in that case. We'll be coordinating between the two cases as best we can. So if, if we question a witness, um, we would have that questioning apply to both cases. So you don't have to question the same witness twice. That will help speed things up. Um, but litigation, uh, it does take some time, uh, especially if you want to be thorough. And uh, I think we're looking at another year or two before, uh, if it goes to a jury trial, uh, it's probably gonna take that long. Uh, is there any question I didn't ask you today that the... Uh... No, I think that was very thorough on your part too, Dan. Okay, thank you, Tom. I, uh, I, I thank you. I did reach out to Matterport uh, to ask them if they would like to have a show on this topic. Uh, I did hear back from them. Thank you for offering the opportunity, but we don't 
discuss ongoing litigation. So I just wanted to uh, let the folks know that we, we did reach out to ask, uh, did Matterport want to uh, do yet another show on the same topic? Um, uh, 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 Tom, thanks so much uh, for being a guest on the show today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, we've been visiting with uh, Tom Zimmerman. He is uh, uh, with the Zimmerman Law Offices uh, PC in Chicago. Um, uh, today's topic, Matterport Service Partners Class Action Lawsuit Against Matterport. If you missed any portion of today's show, we have been recording it and we will post it in the We Get Around Network forum. If you're watching it on various channels, WGAN forum.com, wganforum.com. Uh, Tom, thanks again. And uh, I'm Dan Smigrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum, and you've been watching WGAN-TV live at five.